What's going on, FA Nation? The family is back with you, always together. It's another edition of the Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Your weekly bout of fun is about to begin. My name is Justin Fensterman, along with John and Pemba. First, John, how's it going? How's everything? Yeah, everything's going great. It's an exciting time here. Uh, middle of all the sports, about to pick back up. We had a nice, like, what? month off of just nonstop action and now uh, NBA season quickly upon us. That's right. And because the NBA season is quickly coming, it is not Matt Sells that is with us tonight. It's our buddy, the college sports man himself, Dan Servodidio. It's almost like a it's almost like a reunion of sorts. <laughs> I feel like I worked with Servo every single day for a few years, probably annoyed the piss out of him at Sirius XM. And now, Servo, you're back with me again. You're back with John and Pemba. You're going to be doing the pick-by-pick coverage of the NBA draft. You cover college football. You cover college basketball for the site. How the hell are you, and you're, are you ready to go? I'm ready, guys. I, first off, appreciate you guys bringing me on. I always love, you know, we did this last year with the NBA draft, and, uh, you know, we did with the NFL draft. And I like giving my, you know, college takes because you guys are the big NBA guys. But I like to give my college, uh, you know, opinions on these guys. And uh, some of the international guys did a little research, too. But uh, just seeing where we all stand on them. And and I like the differing opinions. It helps me get a better idea of, of where we all should stand, you know. Servo, you wrote the mock draft piece on fantasyalarm.com, yes. and it looks like it. You know, it's not your usual treasure chest or treasure map where you have X marks the spot. You've got trades that are projected in there. <laughs> Players are going to be moving all over the place. We're already seeing it in the NBA. So I guess my first question is to you regarding potential draft pick swaps. What's the latest that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, I think this year is going to be so much different than in past years. I know in past years, you know, you always have trades, teams looking to move up, moving down, get the guys that they want. I think this year with just so much uncertainty and just a weird offseason, whereas maybe some teams, especially at the top, don't have as much, you know, research or, um, you know, film, much game film on these guys that they are sure about players. Like, especially one guy, James Wiseman from Memphis. I mean, he's going to be a top five pick, but he only played in like three college games uh, because of his suspension and he to- chose to uh, drop out of Memphis. But like just the lack of film and, and maybe people haven't seen him work out because that was the other thing this offseason, people having to do pro days, you know, over Zoom and stuff without uh, teams allowed to go in person and talk to players. So I think there, I think there's going to be moves, you know, across the first round with teams looking to move down and acquire, you know, assets uh, because they aren't sure about guys and, I think there's some teams, especially, you know, teams that are in win now mode, um, you know, especially, you know, John knows this with the Celtics, you know, they have three first round picks and they're probably looking to move a couple of those because they're, they're a team that isn't really too worried about getting young talent and rebuilding right now. They probably want to package a couple of those picks, get a really, you know, a player, a vet player that can help them win now. Um, you know, the Warriors are at number two overall. They might try to move that pick. I have that in the mock draft. I have them, you know, moving that pick to get a piece. But, like, I think that this year is just there's so much uncertainty. I, I do think there's going to be, you know, a good amount of trades. I only have a couple projected, but, like, I could see a lot happening. What do we have for uh, – you did the best bets article uh, for the NBA prop picks as well. Uh, do, do you have any of the odds on uh, a number of trades being made or – 
uh, anything like that? <laughs> some bets we can uh, maybe lay on that? The, there isn't. I didn't see on DraftKings Sportsbook like the trades numbers, but um, I would probably go over whatever the number is if there is one out there. Um, I just, you know, it's one of those years, like I was saying, just the lack of, you know, uncertainty, especially because usually in past years, you guys know that there's always like a, a consensus top pick or a top one or two guys that are definitely going to go. And this year I could see one through three being any, any one of them going one, two or three, you know, in whatever order. So Serbo. Which of the players that you have in your mock draft piece on the site that you think, because this class is very interesting. I feel like a lot of us don't have a great read on the class. You mentioned Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, the level of competition that he was playing with. He's about to get a rude awakening when he enters the best league in the entire world. So I have to ask you, which player that's expected to go in this draft do you think is most NBA ready? A good question. Um, I think there's a few that that are definitely going to help out a team right now, and, it, and it's weird. So I'll, I'll tackle that from two angles. One is that I think there's guys that are going to go later that um, are more NBA ready that can like be a be a rotation piece. Guys that are like se- that were seniors in college last year, like a Cassius Winston from Michigan State, uh, Peyton Pritchard from Oregon. Like these guys can be a backup point guard in the NBA, you know, in year one. And this shortened off season, that's going to be like a Really good steal, you know, and I have, like, the Raptors, um, they're picking at the 29th pick. I have them taking Cassius Winston, and they need a younger point guard, um, and I, I I just think that's, like, something that it could go overlooked in this. Um, they're, they're not going to go at the top of the draft. At the top of the draft, though, I think, like, a guy like James Wisen, um, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's a big guy, he's seven foot one. he's going to be – a rotational center right away, in my opinion. I think he's got the offensive game to kind of fit the modern NBA where he can, he's got some shooting potential there. Um, you know, definitely good at defense can, you know, good in the pick and roll as well. So he's a guy that can easily play right away. And it's, it's going to be really interesting because you know, the Warriors are at two, they could take Wiseman there if he's there and he, he's a guy to start day one for the Warriors in that rotation. I mean, you know, playing alongside and, uh, you know, where there's not going to be a ton of offensive pressure on him or defensive pressure for that matter, um, where he's, you know, he could just be a starting center right from day one. Depends what team he goes to um, for that situation. A guy like Obi Toppin for the Cavs. I mean, he was, he was the reigning national player of the year from, from college last year. Um, his offensive game is definitely there. He can, be a backup, you know, right or even a starter right away. Um, depending on what team he goes to, he could easily be, you know, the rookie of the year favorite because he's going to be, you know, a top scorer for wherever team he goes to. Um, the defense is a little bit of a question mark, but he's, you know, he's 22 years old. You know, that's like three years older than most of the guys in the first round being one and done freshman. Uh, Toppin's offensive game is like already there. So that's the name to watch too. Tell me what you know about R.J. Hampton. You have him going to the Celtics. I've actually seen a few mock drafts now that have Hampton linked uh, to Boston. Now, he's an American kid that went overseas uh, for the one year to play uh, some basketball. Uh, what's what's your take on him and his upside? Yeah, he's interesting. Um, I could see him going to a number of different teams that need a guard. Um, I know like the Trailblazers right in that range too. you know, the, the Pelicans, you know, just losing Drew Holiday. They could, they could use a point guard. Um, Hampton's going to be interesting. Cause he, you know, he's one of those guys that kind of those what high schoolers are doing now when, when they're, 
if they choose not to go to college for a year, they're going to pro ball overseas. He was one of the first to do it. He went to New Zealand. Um, he's a, you know, he's a taller guy. He's, he's definitely got some playmaking upside from that point guard position and can kind of play both the point and the shooting guard. Cause he's got the offensive game, uh, and the size to, to play the two. Um, and what, you know, with the Celtics at 14, um, you know, you know, John, they need a, they need a point guard. I think, They need a guard in general. You know, last year with Kemba Walker, you know, he missed some time and they just had some trouble there. Um, You know, Wanamaker just wasn't cutting it at times. They need need somebody off the bench in a very bad way to uh, boost them up a little bit. Now, you know, when when their starting five is healthy, it's it's Marcus Smart that is their, you know, six-man bench guy. But he's not really the guy you want to put out there and let score on that second unit. And they rotate good enough and get Kemba and Tatum and Brown sort of on the floor all together throughout the game, but definitely lacking a bench scoring option uh, was a big problem. Of course, last year I had the heartbreak Uh, Celtics were all over Tyler hero and we lost the coin flip uh, because of the Kings pick. Uh, They were tied with the heat at the record. They did the coin flip. They ended up getting the pick ahead of them. And of course the heat, took Tyler Hero, Celtics ended up taking Romeo Langford, which did absolutely nothing. Uh, and we watched Hero, you know, basically evolve into uh, a legitimate score. So that hurt watching that happen, knowing... You're, you're, you don't sound bitter at all, John. He, knowing that he was the guy <laughs> the Celtics wanted. So I'm hoping for a little redemption here, not that the Celtics will just take another project player. Do you think Hampton is end up more of a project player, or do you think he's ready to contribute now? I, I think he's ready. Um, so he... It's interesting because the, the obviously the the competition he faced with the New Zealand league is not on, on par even with the NCAA in my opinion. Uh, but he 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 chose a situation where and this is I'll go on a quick tangent here. This is different than what Lamelo Ball did. So Lamelo Ball went to a team in Australia where the team basically created an environment around him where he was going to be the main offensive guy. He was going to score a lot. You know, he, he was going to be the guy to be, you know, kind of boost his draft stock. Um, Hampton in New Zealand, you know, he didn't average as many points as ball because he wasn't playing as many minutes. You know, he was actually on a team where he wasn't the number one guy and and they were actually trying to be, you know, different kind of competitive there. Um, but he, he was kind of – he kind of developed his game more, I think, uh, in a different sense because he, he had less pressure on him, I think. Um and he's got, but I think he's got like the athleticism. He's got the talent to really be, you know, one of the better players in this draft. I think if there was, you know, if there was, if he, he played in NCAA, by the way, I think he might be, you know, a consensus top five pick. He was like that. He's that good, I think. Um, and I think people are just unsure of who he is or what he can do because he played in this New Zealand league and, and not as much tape or, you know, interviews with him. I've hated his interviews, to be honest with you. When I've, it, yeah. he's just he's got this cockiness, like he's gonna go on any team and just start scoring twenty points. And it's You're one talking thing, about Ball or Hampton, by the way. I'm talking about I'm talking about Lamelo Ball, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and and it's just when I hear that, it's a lot of these interviews that you hear, and these are just interviews. You hear them say, I, "I'm going to gel with my team." This guy wants to be the leader from the start, and, and veterans aren't gonna like that. You have to earn your spot. That's just how it goes. No matter who you are, you're Zion Williamson, it, it doesn't matter. You have to earn your spot. And I'm just worried that this guy is going to be chucking up shots right and left, 
ill-advised shots. And when, when I think of LaMelo Ball, and I was telling you guys this before we started, when, when watching tape on him, you're right, Servo. No one was really even paying attention to him. They were setting him up so that he can raise his draft stock. No one was in eight feet of him. It's great when you hit a deep three. You try doing that at the pro level. I feel like that's he's in for a rude awakening. At least with Lonzo Ball, he had some college experience. LaMelo Ball, that competition is a far cry from what he's about to face in the NBA. I would say that given the projected trade that Sarua has in here, uh, kind of a, a ballsy trade, too. You got Blake Griffin going to Golden State in a deal. <laughs> uh, they have Detroit Pistons drafting second overall and taking LaMelo. If by chance Benson's that shaking his head happens, at me. Yeah, I could. <laughs> It's, it's not I'm shaking your head at you. I'm shaking your head at any team that's willing to invest in Blake Griffin. You got to be out of your mind <laughs> to invest in Blake Griffin. I at like that point, stick. if you're the Warriors, why not just go Wiseman? You said it, Servo. You need the big man. That immediately when I saw the lottery, I said that, oh, perfect marriage, Wiseman. The, the fact that they would want to trade for the off-injured Blake Griffin, who pretty much needs his knees held together by the most dominant carbon material possible i don't want to invest in blake griffin i like blake griffin when he's healthy but anyway uh, there's reports this offseason that he's yeah. healthy he's looking good good he was, he's a fan he was really good with detroit when it was you know when he was given the opportunity but like i was saying if he does go to go to the pistons they don't have anybody technically Derek rose would sort of be the mentor i guess for him but that would be a team where Lamelo could go and score 20 points a game because they'd let him take 16 shots. They're going to be that bad again. They don't have much else there. So, uh, you know, if he ends up there, uh, you know, he's definitely going to be a polarizing figure this year. It's going to put a lot of eyes on the Pistons because everybody's going to know what Lamelo is going to do. And LeVar Ball will probably find himself on ESPN at some point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he'll definitely pop him back up. He's been quiet, though. I will say for right now, he's been quiet. But, uh, John, to your point, though, I mean, I, I agree. So, you know, I put that trade in there because I I see the Warriors. They're going to be listening to trades, right? They're they're de If they get something, some really good offer for that number two pick, you like, can you blame them for taking it, especially if it includes Blake Griffin or a different kind of vet that they need? Um, but it, uh, if I'm looking at like the top, top teams and like where ball could go, if he goes to the Timberwolves, that's interesting. I don't know if they really need him and he kind of plays a similar role to like what D'Angelo Russell is. But if he goes there, he wouldn't be the number one guy. Obviously they got towns, they got Russell. So like that, honestly for balls career and development, that's a better fit for him because for him personally, maybe not for the Timberwolves. But I think like for ball, like he should go somewhere where he doesn't have he's not gonna be the the guy, like you said, in Detroit where they don't have much help for him. Um so yeah, like there's Detroit and then Charlotte at three. I mean, they just they just have a ton of guards and they're a weird team. I, I just I don't and, and honestly, <laughs> all basketball points aside, Michael Jordan's not gonna be drafting a ball <laughs> after yeah. what after what his dad said about he's it. Like, he can he beat can him beat one Michael on one. Jordan. <laughs> One on one, and he averaged like two points right. in like one season in college. There's no way he's gonna draft it no, unless Lamello he does ball. it out of spite, you know. Draft right. that, that's him. So, so he can play one on one on the practice courts. That's your him. Son, <laughs> your son can play if you can beat me right now. Mark. That's the deal. Charlotte would be the biggest bunch of morons not to draft Wiseman at this point. 
If they go there, yeah. If they go into another year with a stupid combo of Cody Zeller and Willie Hernan Gomez, and I don't care about PJ Washington, I don't care about Miles Bridges. Whoa, you don't care about PJ Washington? No, not when it comes to their big man depth. He's going to be a great. Washington was pretty good at times last year. Yes, and they're also giving absolutely no respect to Bizback Biombo. Oh, I I know because he's so worthy of my respect. He's a good rebounder. Bizback Biombo, he's so great. That'll put rebounder seats. He's a good rebounder. Okay, thanks, John. (laughs) Servo, Servo, let's talk about. I'm I'm going to destroy you, John. John, this is what happens. This is your NBA team right here. We're about to love it. We're about to do some rankings together. I can only imagine how we're not going to be talking to each other anymore after we sit down and put <laughs> rankings together. But Servo, this is all about you tonight. So let's uh, talk about some of the other players overseas. I'm putting asking you to put your Fran Fraschilla hat on for a second. Yeah, yeah. For some of the players that we should watch out for, and are they NBA ready in your opinion? Yeah. So uh, Killian Hayes. One of the top ones, definitely. He, you know, I have him going number four in this mock draft uh, to the Bulls. I think he could go anywhere in the top, you know, top six picks or so. Um, and right there next to him is Denny Avdija from uh, Israel. You know, he's he's kind of like, a, you know, I don't want to put him, compare him to Luka Doncic, but he's like the this year's Luka, where he's got the offensive game. He's been playing on the pro level over in Europe for years now. Um, he's the reigning MVP of the Israeli league from Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, and he's, you know, he's been, he's been winning championships with that team as well. So he's, he's got this kind of proven success already, which I mean, you know, if you're comparing them to other players in this draft, I mean, no other, no other players have, have been winning championships for the past three years. So, uh, when you look, when you compare it to that, he's another guy that can kind of come in and he's got this experience to play right away. And, 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 you know, when you compare kind of these overseas leagues, um, I think this, the, like the Israeli league is, is different than what, you know, RJ Hampton or, or LaMelo ball played in last year. It's just a different type of competition with like grown men playing in those leagues. And they have been for years, you know, it's, it's a lot of these, you know, players that could never make it in the NBA, but they've they're making a really nice career over, you know, over in these leagues. Um, Killian Hayes too. He's been playing uh, with with Germany. You know, he's been playing there for about three or four years, like three years now. Um, he, you know, and he's been playing since he was like sixteen over in Germany, and he's he's eighteen now. But he's like another guy. You know, Hayes and Abdija are like two names to watch because they're gonna go in the top, you know, seven or eight picks for sure. Um, and a team might even want to trade up to get one of these guys because they're like, you know, they're kind of the wild card home run pick that could be kind of a transcendent talent. You know, Hayes is actually uh, he's, he's a French American. He's American born. Um, but he's he's got, you know, he's got this like weird, like offensive skill from the point guard position, but he can also play shooting guard as well. So he's really, he's really interesting to me. I'm, I can't wait to see what team he lands on. Like I haven't gone to the bulls, but like, you know, if he, he's a guy, if he goes to, you know, the Pistons or the Hornets or the Cavs, like they should try to build the team around what his talent is. So, uh, but same thing with the Abdija. I, I really like him. I'm interested to see where he lands. Um, uh, you know, th- those are like the top guys at the top, though, for the foreign players we're talking about. 
Uh, if you're looking at, say, you know, the projected lottery picks right now, who do you think would be the biggest bust of the group? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, biggest bust, if I'm looking at what mine is. <sighs> you know, I, there's a lot of people are, are kind of mixed up on what this guy from USC, Onyeke Okongwu, can be. Um, he, he, you know, he was really good in college last year as a freshman. Um, just really good on defense, got, you know, good post moves. The thing I worry about him though, is like, he, you know, he, he doesn't have a great shot and, you know, centers in today's NBA, you guys know, like, it's just, I feel like the, the one dimensional centers are, are, are just, you know, they're tough to like project out because like to be like a stud on a team, um, you know, and, and I like I have them. I have him going to the Wizards, Okongwu, um, because he's going to be on a team where he doesn't have to shoot a whole lot. He was going to play great defense. Um, you know, good, good in the post. You know, pick and roll with you know Bradley Beal or John Wall if they don't trade him, but um, <laughs> which looks like they might. But you know, Okongwu is just like a guy. Like I just I didn't see enough, and he's a guy with like. His film just in college where he he wasn't asked to do a whole lot of shooting uh, and like, you know, jump shooting, which in, in in the NBA, like centers, that's why I like Wiseman a lot because he can do that and he's showed that potential. Um, but, you know, I just don't know about Okongwu. Servo, I know you're a big Maryland guy. You're alma mater. Yes. So let me ask you, because I've asked you a few times about him because I'm very interested. Again, what my process is, is I watch a lot of tape. And it's not just those cut perfection highlights. I, I try to watch some kind of condensed game if I could find or at least five minutes of action where they're there so I can see the player move around the court. That's a big thing for me, conditioning. That's something that goes often underutilized when it comes to coverage. But I have to ask you about Jalen Smith. You have him going to the Nets, which is very interesting because the Nets, they had a little bit of a log jam at the position with Jared Allen. They split it with Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan split very evenly. They were essentially getting 25 minutes and 20 minutes. So it intrigues me regarding your landing spot for Smith, because there are definitely other teams that can use a center. Do you think Smith is more on a slow track? And is that why you have him going to Brooklyn? I think he's I think he's ready to contribute right away and that's actually one of the reasons I have him going to Brooklyn. I think like a team like Brooklyn um or you know I, I know some mock drafts I've seen have him going to Miami at 20 um you know other teams if he falls lower I mean I know like the Nuggets Jazz like they would be happy to take someone like him because I think he is ready to you know contribute right away and he's a guy you know we're just talking about big men and and if they can shoot or not He's a guy that really developed a three-point shot this past year. Uh, he's a sophomore coming out. Um, his freshman year, you know, I, as you said, I'm a Maryland guy, so I've been watching a lot of Maryland games. As a freshman, he, you know, he he was really raw with his offensive talent. Just was kind of a post guy um, and took a back seat in that offense. But this past season, he was one of the best players in the Big Ten. You know, he was a double-double machine, um, and his points weren't just coming from, you know, putbacks or around the around the rim. He was legit shooting three-pointers and shooting, you know, elbow jumpers and all that. Um, you know, he's a legit scorer now, and I think, like, that combined with just being, you know, and he was, he was blocking shots, too. So, he's, you know, he got the defense, too. Um, you know, with the Nets, though, it's just, I, <laughs> with this... 
with this James Harden thing, I just uh, I don't know what they're gonna do. Um, they could end up moving one of Allen, or I'd probably keeping DeAndre Jordan because he's Kevin Durant's boy. But like, I I kind of see them moving off from Jared Allen. I don't know. It was kind of a weird weird fit there. Yeah, with Jared Allen was somebody that was rumored to be on uh, Kyrie yeah. Irving's trade list uh, once he got <laughs> That's brought terrible. In. That's was, terrible. Um, yeah, Kyrie he, Irving he was, is a uh, poison. Kyrie Irving is a freaking poison. I've heard this rant from you before, Fess. And if the Nets were smart, they trade him right now. That's what they do. Then you give Spencer Dinwiddie the keys to the city because they've built properly and he's going to ruin it because of his selfishness. He wants to trade Harris, Dinwiddie, and uh, and uh, Jared Allen. I think Harris is actually... Kyrie Irving, I hate him. Yeah, Kyrie Irving yeah. as well. I'm not uh, huge on Harden either. Like, you know, I'm a Sixers guy. I don't want the Sixers to get Harden. <laughs> no, another guy doesn't make players better. Russell Westbrook doesn't make players around him better. Enough, everybody, with the flash. Enough, everybody, with the statistics. Watch a freaking game. <laughs> and you're going to wonder why, for those of you that think, oh, I'm getting Brody, Russell Westbrook, bring them to D.C. That's going to be great. That's going to get you to the Eastern Conference Finals. Hell no, it's not. Hell no. And I'm hey, tired of the stat packers. They're not good for basketball. They're not good team players. Teamwork makes the dream work. You tell Russell Westbrook that, and he'll laugh in your face. I think I think if Harden went to the Nets and it was Harden, Irving, and Durant, they could they could get to the finals. They would play together for one year, and then it would implode for sure. Oh, yeah. But it would be interesting to watch the Warriors versus that Nets team. Because... I mean, this this is the one thing that I loved about sort of how the season progressed is the, the Warriors were like, all right, we're just going to tank. Clay's out, Steph's out. They're coming back, and we're adding the number two overall pick and whatever we want to do with it. They have Wiggins, I think, still too, don't they? Like, yes. That, you know, that yeah. team is ready to go, uh, and then they're adding a lottery pick. Uh, sorry, but one last thing for me here because, uh, you know, I know if NC's shy to ask. Uh, big New York Knicks fan that he is. <laughs> uh, you know, so they're picking eighth in this one. Uh, tell me a little bit about who you have them taking and how you think he projects. Because I really liked R.J. Barrett last year for them. Now yeah. they have a new head coach in Tom Thibodeau. Uh, how do you think he, uh, you know, their selection is going to work this draft? I mean, Fancy knows they they need a lot of help at most positions, right? So I think at this, you know, you hate to just say take the best player available, but like that's what they should do here. And if someone you know, that I have going earlier, like a Tyrese Halliburton should fall to them. That's a great pick. Um, Cause he's, you know, he would allow RJ Barrett to play a little more off the ball, which would be, might be better. Um, but I have them going with a, a wing guy here, Devin Vassell from uh, Florida state. He's, you know, he was one of the better three and D guys of college last year, uh, you know, defensive team in Florida state, one of the better defensive teams in the whole country. Um, but, you know, Vassell was really, you know, he, he was a shutdown defender, but it was really lights out from three two. Um, I think the the Knicks just kind of need uh, shooters to. They need offensive you know, and <laughs> defensive help <laughs> on both sides, obviously. But I think they just need some more talent to put around and build around Barrett. Because I agree, Barrett showed promise uh, last year. He did. I, it like started a little dude. slow, Servo. It did start a little slow, yeah. but. People forget about because the the Knicks were out of it, so people weren't paying attention to them. But if you watch them in the final two months before the stoppage, he was playing a hell of a lot better. 
a lot more confidence. He was yeah. getting very frustrated, and he was being overused. So they backed up his minutes, even by a few minutes, and that showed better results. So, yeah, it's and that's why it's funny because, yes, they need everything at this point except the shooting guard. They don't so, need a center because they have yeah, – Oh, dude, yeah, don't even Mitchell Robinson, right? <laughs> don't even get me started on Mitchell Robinson again. I love Mitchell Robinson. He's like, I know favorite? you love Mitchell Robinson. I would love him too if he wouldn't get three fouls in the first five minutes of the game. That would be great. That would be amazing if your center can stay on the court. Servo, before we get to the family table quickly and just you, – you say that, Cole Anthony, and I'm glad you put it in your piece on FantasyAlarm.com regarding the fact that – this guy was talked about as a top three pick. I heard him number one last year, but then yeah. injury happened. So you think he has sleeper potential and you be on the lottery at this point. Yeah. I, I, his, his offensive talent and skill um, is one of the best in this whole draft. The issue is, and he didn't do any of it at North Carolina. Um, he doesn't play defense really. I mean, he's, he's kind of like a Trey young, honestly, he, he's got, you know, he'll, he'll be a lights out shooter. He'll, he'll shoot from deep. He'll drive to the rim, you know, fearless. Like I said, his offensive game is off the charts, but he, his defense isn't really there. He wasn't really asked to do that. In North Carolina, North Carolina was not good this past year. They had a lot of injuries and, and weird stuff happening, but, and he, and Anthony was part of that. He missed a lot of the season. Um, and he, you know, he, yeah, like I said, like a year ago this time, he's, top five for sure you know it was like him and Wiseman were at the top of the draft board right. um, but Anthony's his lack of defense I think is gonna be a thing that makes puts him down the uh you know draft board this year um but I think he's gonna be he's another guy like he'll be a nice bench scorer I have him go to the bucks here but any team that he goes to and he's gonna go late so he's gonna go to like a team that's be, gonna be a playoff team he'll be a nice bench scorer for whoever gets him all right, guys, very quickly, we're bringing Servo in to the family table. We bring one thing to the family table. It is the Family Times podcast. I'll start off, and I won't say much about this, but Russell Westbrook is not a draw. He's not going to draw in other players. No one wants to play with him. He's team-oriented. He has a bad attitude, and as athletic as he is, and I realize that he won an MVP, no one wants to play with him, and about 27 teams aren't interested in, ha in acquiring him. So that's what I got to say about that. Servo, what are you bringing to the table quickly? All right. Yeah. Well, Twitter has this new thing called fleets. Uh, I'm not a fan. I, I, they're, it's too, it's crowding up my Twitter on my phone. It's, there's so, there's too much going on now. You know, there, there's like stories that used to, that were on Instagram and f Facebook has it. Twitter needs to be its own thing. I don't like it. Dang. John. Yeah. I'm expecting to be once again, disappointed by the Celtics in this draft. Uh, they have a thousand picks. Uh, every year, Danny Ainge says they tried everything they could to trade up. They promised us that they're trading up. They promised us that they're going to be packaging these players. Now we're hearing possible Gordon Hayward trade rumors that can be combined with picks. We just need a center. If we can figure out how to get a center either in the draft by trading up or by combining picks and Hayward to get ourselves a Turner or something like that, I'd be more than happy uh, to see something like that happen. But I'm not expecting it. I'm expecting the Celtics to use all three of these first round picks again. And I have to watch a bunch of Grant Williams and, you know, uh, you know, Romeo Langford's and, you know, just a bunch of nobodies basically come off the bench and try to carry the Celtics team. Yeah. yeah John, I have them getting Turner with, uh, from Indiana in my mock draft there. So I mean, listen, I love it. I think that's a, that would be an ideal acquisition, but Danny Ainge, like, rarely is able to pull those moves off lately. 
because I think he he just burned all these other GMs so often that nobody wants to trade with them anymore unless it's a clear win on their half. So hey, uh, hey, they had. Let's not forget about Taco in that depth. Okay, oh. let's not forget about the Taco here. Yeah, Talk listen, about a Taco would be great for ten minutes. I mean, personally, I'm a Time Lord fan. I would love Robert Williams to keep on playing. Right. He looked good at stints last year, but he's so inconsistent that they need to get him on the floor, get him healthy. And that could that could very well be the answer. We're asking for Miles Turner, but Robert Williams actually showed the ability to shoot during the playoffs last year. He was hitting shots. He's an elite rim protector. He just needs to find the consistency. He could be the Turner that we need, but I don't see it happening. Follow our guy, Dan Servodidio, covers college sports for FantasyAlarm.com, at Dan underscore Servodidio. Servo will be doing pick-by-pick analysis and draft coverage on FantasyAlarm.com all night long with the draft. I'll be doing some reactions as well. I mean, you heard my reactions now, and yep, that's exactly where I'm at at this point. Wild draft. Servo, thank you so much for joining us. For John and Pemba, I'm Justin Fensterman. A family that sticks together wins together. It's the Family Times Podcast. Always dominate. No other option. Just win.